This morning I'm preaching from a passage of Scripture which details the Lord's confirmed involvement in each and every one of us. Taking out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8, we're going to jump right in. Buckle up. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad that he changes not. Though we change and the world changes, our Lord is solid. The same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever saved anybody once, he certainly will save somebody again. If he ever healed somebody once, he will heal again. If he ever provided once, he will provide again. If he ever has poured out of his spirit once, he will pour out of his spirit again. And church, I got to tell you, this is good stuff. Because our God is a good, good God. Let's pray. Lord, do it again for us. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out of your spirit upon your church, not just Northside, but the churches that are Bible-believing, spirit-believing. Lord, we all as a nation and as a church body, we need more of you. Open the windows of glory and pour it out upon us, Lord. The time is short. And so, Lord, how we need to preach salvation, but more we need to receive salvation. And so I pray today, Lord, that there will be those who will turn to you in your lovely and precious name. All God's people said, amen. Turn to somebody close by and say, my, 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 you're looking good. You're looking good. You must be saved. Amen. My, 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 my. If you caught somebody that's frowning this morning, tell them to turn that frown upside down. Amen. We are so blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning with those of like gracious faith. So I want to encourage you with these three words, yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday is days past. Days which once we had. Day of reflection. A day never able to redo it again. A day of remembrance and of importance. A day to learn from and a day to look back upon and not make the same mistakes. Today is a good day. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off until tomorrow because tomorrow may not come in the natural realm. So be very, very attentive this morning to the moving of the Spirit of God. You know, I prayed this morning. I said, Lord, let them feel the doodaddies like we used to in old time Pentecost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think it's all right to feel the presence of God every now and then. Amen. I, I mean, I, I enjoy when I sense the presence of God moving among us, and he is here today. You know, there's a song by an old gospel singer called Andre Crouch. It goes way, way back in our time. But he penned the words, and he sang the song, said, I don't know why that Jesus loved me. There was nothing lovable about Pastor Blackard. Oh, don't look at me so pious because I can say there probably wasn't much to love with you either. When I was running from God, I'll tell you, I was all in for the devil, but praise God, I'm glad. Like Andre, I don't know why that the Lord loved me, but I'm so glad he did. I don't know why the Lord would even give us any time at all, and, but he does. He gave his life for you and for me. Turn to somebody and say, oh, that tells me that you're very important. Come on. That tells me that you're very important. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he even cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, I am so glad that he did. I went back into my yesterdays. I began to think about the things that are important in my life. I don't have time this morning to go through that list, but I will tell you that the top of the list is my salvation. Because you see, if I'm not right between myself and God, I can never be right with anybody on the horizontal. I can't even be right with my family, my wife. But because that we are right with God, then we are right with man. He puts a love in our hearts. He puts a reason in our hearts. He does things that we don't understand what he is doing, but we do know this. We experience the love of God. 
I remember, and I'll just call her by a name called Miss Janelle. I remember the day that she came into church. She had just gotten out of the state penitentiary. And she was a very no-nonsense kind of tough girl. And I'm telling you, I believe that she probably ruled her pod in the prison. You didn't mess with Miss Janelle. She was a rather large lady, and she, she was not happy to be at Northside Assembly. And I remember whenever she walked through those doors right here, I went up to her and I said, Miss, it's really nice to have you. And she said, well, I don't really want to be here. And I'm thinking under my breath, yeah, but you're captive. You're a captive audience. You're here because you've got to be here. Amen. And every Sunday morning, whenever she'd come in, I'd make it my point to just rub her good. <laughs> Miss Janelle, it's so good to see you in the house. I still don't want to be here. And Joe, she sat right in front of the pew where you're sitting at. And she would... Just, you know, her facial expressions was that of she was not happy and she didn't want to be in the house of the Lord. She didn't want to be around anybody. And, and, you know, and I finally figured it out because she had been so mistreated that she was afraid to let her heart become touched. She was afraid to let her guard down. She was afraid that if she did, something might happen to her. And she didn't know if she was prepared for that. And so she was very stern and very... Uh, anti-Christ and anti-church and everything. But you know what? She got too close to the edge and she fell in. I remember the morning, amen, that she got up where she was sitting and she came and she knelt down right there on the corner of the altar and she began to weep buckets and buckets. She just couldn't stop crying. She cried and she cried and she cried and she cried. I couldn't wait for the next Sunday. Right through that door she came. She had a smile on her face. She just lit the room up, amen. There was such a beautiful personality that was hidden inside of Miss Janelle. She loved the change that was taking place in her life. And whenever I greeted her, she said, oh, Pastor, it's so good to be here today. She said, I don't understand everything, but I know this. I feel good. I feel good in my... I'm telling you what, she, she had something that James Brown didn't even have. <laughs> Hallelujah. She felt good, amen. Why? Because there was a transformation that was taking place in her life. There was something going on inside of her life uh, that was God-inspired, Holy Spirit uh, uh, empowerment, and she was, had given her heart and life to the Lord. And I'm telling you, her life began to change. How do I know that her life changed? Because she'd walk through that door and she'd say, I love you, Pastor. And she didn't even know me that well. It's good to be here, Pastor. Well, I heard uh, during the week one day that she, well, when Sister Ann and I, uh, we decided we didn't know what to do with her because we didn't have any clue what, what we could use her for in the House of Hope at the time. But she had a valid driver's license. A rarity, a very rare thing in the house of hope, a very rare thing, amen, in renewed treasures. And she had a driver's license. So we called up our insurance and said, we're going to put Miss Janelle on the van license, if that's all right with you. They said, send us a copy of her driver's license and we'll do a little background check on her. And she drove the van. Her job was to take the ladies here and to take the ladies there and to pick them up and to drop them off and to go get groceries or whatever was needed. And she was the driver, the only one we had. And one of the girls came to me one Sunday morning and said, you know what Miss Janelle did this week? I said, are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you what Miss Janelle did. She said, we were minding our own business and we were driving down the road and we came to a stop light and she rolled the window down and she told the other person to roll their window down and they rolled their window down and she looked at them and said, I just got to tell you, I love Jesus. <laughs> that became her staple. She would, she would tell people that she loved the Lord, amen. Oh, from prison, amen, to a place of peace in the presence of God. It was such a tragic 
day that I got the phone call that she had passed away. I immediately stopped what I was doing and I went to her apartment. And there the police was there. My friend who works for the, for the corner, the county corner, he was there. There was a lot of things going on that day. And I told my friend the corner, I said, when you're ready to remove her and put her and take her down to the morgue, I'll help you do this. He said, no, no. He said, no, Alvin. He said, you just stay, stay over here and, and just love on the ladies because the ladies were having a hard time with it. And as we were standing in the backyard and they were doing their investigation and they were doing what they needed to do, the sergeant in charge of the police department, he called us over and he said, look up. And as we looked up, there was a double rainbow in the sky. He said, look at that. Looky up there. This is the sergeant in charge of the scene. And he said, look up there. He said, there's a double rainbow. And I want you to know something happened that moment. Those ladies that were there and Sister Ann and I, we begin to give God all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Why? Because we knew that Miss Janelle had given her heart and life to the Lord. She was ready to go. Oh, she was young. She was young and had health problems, and we knew she had some health problems. We didn't know how severe it was, but she was ready to go into the presence of the Lord. Church, you have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring for you. God has a way of saving you and changing your life. Anybody, could anybody testify with a raised hand to say, when I got saved, everything changed. The birds, they began to sing a little bit sweeter. The grass looked a little bit greener, amen. Oh, the sky was just a little bit bluer, amen. And I even, I even liked my dog. Love my neighbor. I'll tell you this, good things happen in your life whenever you give your life to Jesus. You know, the Lord has a way of saving us spiritually, but he also has a way of saving us in the natural. How many could say, Pastor, you, only, you don't know how many close calls I've had. Anybody here say, I've had some close calls. I shouldn't even be here. I've had some real close calls. I shouldn't even be here. I will tell you this. And I, I'm going to recall some of my past. You've heard, some of you have heard this before. and Some of you haven't, but uh, it's my past. Doctors came in to my mother and my father and said, you better abort that little baby that's inside of you, Miss Blackard, because he's going to kill you. He's going to cause you to die. You've got a high dose of toxemia in your body. And if you don't get rid of him and, and abort him, amen, he's going to kill you. You can always have another baby. And my mother and my father looked at that doctor and they said, we're people of faith. And if the Lord so chooses to take this little baby, then he can take that baby. And if he chooses to take me, he can take me as well. Now, it was easy for my dad to stand there and say that. But my mother said, I'm going to hang on to the things of God. Well, guess what? We won, the devil lost. I'm a firm believer, Sister Susan, that the, the devil tried to take me out because he did not want me preaching the gospel. Come on. I believe with my heart that, that he, he wanted to do everything. And it was not just one time that he tried to take me out. There was many times he tried to take me out. I don't have time to tell you about all the close calls I've had. But praise God, we're 71 years of age. We're still preaching the gospel. To God be the glory. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah in the house of the Lord. I remember the story. I don't remember because I was too, too small. But my twin brothers, I have a Leslie and a Wesley. That uh, twin brother, Leslie's still alive. Wesley's gone on. But my brother Wesley was staring into an open flame fire. You know what I'm talking about, those old... Those old open flame, they'd sit on the, in the living room and it had a guard around it and, and it would just get cherry red on the inside and very little bit of a guard from it and boy, it would put out the heat. Well, my brother was looking inside of that. He was really intrigued by it. They were at this home that had it and my older brother, the twin brother to West, 
come up behind him and thought it would be funny if he just gave him a little shove. He pushed him right into that open flame. First thing that happened was my brother threw his little hands up. And his hands were third degree seared. He fell into the open flame with his face and it became third degree. And his chest was third degree. They said that you could hear him screaming almost two blocks away. They called for the church people to pray. Even though they were not there in person, they called and said, Amen, uh, start praying, praise God. You know, we, we just, uh, just put back our prayer chain back in, in place because some of the ones that was on the prayer chain have gone on to be with the Lord. But amen, we got new prayer warriors. Amen, you call, amen, and we'll start praying. And they began to pray. And I will tell you that my mom and dad, they were just new in the ministry. They were new in the things of the Lord. And they didn't know what to do. And they just called on the Lord. And, and they took him to the hospital. And they bandaged him all up. And, you know, and, and, you know, burns are a bad way to go. They scrub you when you get the stuff on you. They scrub you. And, and they do all kinds of things that uh, just is in, extremely painful. Well, the first time that he was to go into the hospital and be dunked in the scrub tank and be scrubbed, amen, the doctor, amen, he came out of that, that, that room and he said, I don't understand it. He said, that little boy's skin is just as smooth as a baby. You can't tell me that he wasn't burned. It was obvious that he had third-degree burn, but the Lord decided to save him in the natural, amen. And, to, and before he went on, uh, on and died, I will tell you that he had probably the most perfect skin of a man that I've ever seen in my life. I guess that's saying something. Most skin of men are pretty rough. What are you saying? I'm saying that the Lord will not only save you in the eternal realm, but he will also step in line and help you and save you in the natural realm. He'll keep his hand upon you when you should be dead, whenever you should uh, have an accident and, and not make it, or, or when you should have fallen off a building and not made it, or, or whatever it might be. God will step in and he'll say, you know what, i got an investment in that young man. I've got investment in that young lady. I've got some investment and I'm going to keep them safe until the day comes that they're to be taken off. Am I helping somebody this morning? Amen. God's good. That means he's not bad. Oh, praise God. It's been a long time since I jumped off the platform and preached around and run around and everything, you know, and I said, Lord, let me do that again. And nah, right now, I'm just going to stay right here. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about my family. Let me tell you about their little experience with the United States government. Back a few years ago when the Vietnam War was in its closing down stages or beginning stages or middle stages, the United States of America decided that we needed to have healthy young men go into the Army. And you know what? Listen, American kids are not stupid. They did not, they did not want to go into the Army. Come on. So the government put in what they called a lottery system. How many of you fellows had to get a lottery? Got one of them lotteries. Yeah, some of us old guys did. If you were so unfortunate to have a low lottery number, you were called to go in and to serve in the United States military. Now today, it's very honorable to do this. Back then, it was very honorable, but you had no choice. They could make it really hard on you. Well, my two brothers were like Jacob and Esau. One was very close to his mother, and one was close to his daddy. You can get that picture however you want to put that picture together. One could make a cake, and the other one could eat it. Come on. It came to the very day that they boarded a bus in Springfield, Missouri be transported to Kansas City to be inducted into the United States military and they were sitting there as the bus filled up and the government man got on the bus and he walked over to my brother Wes and he tapped him on the shoulder and he said son you get off this bus he walked over to where my other brother was at Les 
He was in the back of the, and he tapped him on the shoulder and said, son, you get off the bus. 